Wow, I'm really excited to continue uh, in our series this month, A Gift from Above. We find ourselves right smack dab in the middle of December. Uh, this year has flown by and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, thank God that, that we have a relationship with him, amen, uh, with, with all that has taken place around us, amen, our hope uh, needs to be in the Lord, amen. Our hope needs to be in God. If, 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 it, if your hope uh, and faith is not in God, then you're going to be shaky. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna stumble uh, uh, many times over. Uh, uh, you will fail. That's why God says to, to trust in him. Put your faith in him. Put your hope in him. Why? Because he is faithful. He is faithful to be with us. Amen. He is faithful to strengthen us. He is faithful to direct us. If you need direction tonight, seek the Lord, amen, for direction in your life. God is, God is waiting to give you direction, amen? More than, more than you seek for direction on your phone, God wants to give you real direction, amen? He's not going to get you lost. He's not going to cause you to be stressed out, amen? God is going to give you peace in the midst, amen? James chapter 1 and verse 17 is our series text. And it says this in God's word. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I mean, all that's true. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day that you have made, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for this divine appointment tonight, Lord God, that you have set in place, Father, for us to receive your word tonight, Lord. Help us, Lord God, not only to be hearers, but doers of your word. And in that, we will see the blessings, Lord, for there is blessings in obedience. Father, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. We have a future, and it is in you. It is because of you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says amen and amen. So we're going to continue this evening in our Gift from Above series. Uh, last week, Pastor Matt spoke an awesome message on how God's word is good. How many know that God's word is good? Amen? It's good. You know, when you, when you, when you hear God's word, uh, you know, from the pulpit, how I many know that God's word is good? Amen? It's, it, it's always what you need, isn't it? That's why you, you hear people say, and maybe you've said it yourself, man, how did the pastor know what I was going through in my life? <laughs> Am I being followed? Did someone call him and tell him what I'm going through and what I needed to hear? No, no one did that, I promise. That's because of the goodness of God's word. That's because he knows us more than we even know ourselves. It's hard for us to even fathom, but that's true. Tonight I'm going to speak on how God's word is perfect. Because James says, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So what does that mean tonight? Tonight my intention is, is not to focus on 
scripture uh, inerrancy. Uh, to, to, to be inerrant means to be free from error. Next Wednesday, Brother Manny is going to be speaking on how God's word is true, so I don't want to jump ahead into what he's going to be speaking uh, next week. But on that subject, just really quickly, of, of in regards to Scripture inerrancy, the free from error in regards to Scripture, we're talking about the Bible. See, our ultimate conviction in the words of the Bible that they are in fact true is only going to come when you allow the Holy Spirit to reside in you. And the Holy Spirit is going to work in and through our hearts by the Word of God. And it's going to give us that inner assurance that these words are, in fact, God's words. So you can see if someone, if someone uh, makes a decision not to choose Christ, but to deny Christ, then the Holy Spirit does not live or dwell within them. And so there is no conviction in regards to uh, God's word being true in their lives. Because that's the Holy Spirit's working. Tonight I want to focus on how God's word is perfect for you and I. It's perfect. I think of the word perfect uh, and how we use this word. We use it on a daily basis. We use it many times without even knowing that we're using this word. You know, we describe jobs as perfect. I want the perfect job. Anybody ever got that perfect job before? How many of you thought you were going for the perfect job, but then things changed? Maybe you're looking for the perfect house. You're looking for the perfect car. Maybe you're looking for the perfect spouse, for the perfect kids, the perfect pet. <laughs> All these things we use to describe what we are looking for. My question to you and I is what happens when our feelings change? Because many times we use this word perfect based upon our feelings. It's what I want right now. It's what I think uh, is going to be perfect for me. Isn't that how we think? Let's be honest here, we're in church. All right? That's how I think. It's, 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 it's just what I want. It's going to be perfect. But then what happens when feelings change? I think of, I think of shopping for clothes. How many of you enjoy shopping for clothes? None? All right. Jeez. This is a different crowd. <laughs> Maybe you guys are all content. Praise the Lord. Husbands, you... Make sure who didn't say amen, you know. If your spouse didn't say amen, then, you know, there you go. <laughs> but we like shopping for clothes. We all do. How many of you, when you go, when you go on the hunt, you go on the hunt for that perfect outfit, don't you? Christmas is coming up, and you want that perfect outfit to wear 
uh, at the, you know, whatever gathering you're going to be at or for Christmas service. You're already looking at what you have and what you don't have in your closet. And you're already looking in the stores for what would be perfect for you. You find that perfect shirt that makes you look 20 pounds thinner, right? I love those shirts. You know, people tell you, man, you look so thin. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and then you wear that shirt, you know, the next service because you're just in love with it. You find the perfect pair of pants. <laughs> but what happens when the next day for lunch, you find that perfect burrito? <laughs> All of a sudden, those perfect pants don't fit you anymore, don't they? <laughs> they were just the right size. What happened? Well, circumstances changed. Your feelings changed. Your body may have changed. And all of a sudden, it doesn't seem perfect anymore. What does perfect really mean? We have a hard time understanding perfection. A hard time wrapping our minds around what perfect even looks like. Because we don't know. Maybe you're here this evening and you find yourself uh, uh, single and ready to mingle. Let me tell you right now, God has the perfect spouse for you. Amen? Do you believe that? Now when I say that, I don't mean that God is going to give you someone who never sins. That God is going to give you someone who's never going to hurt you. That God is going to give you uh, someone, someone who, who is never going to let you down. God is going to give you someone who's going to look the way they look for the rest of their lives. This is not what I mean when I say that God is going to give you the perfect spouse, but by the grace and the power of God, you too can be what each other needs. With God's help, I could actually be what my wife needs and vice versa. And that's with God's help because I can't do that on my own. Why? Because there is no one who's perfect in here. Not one of us is perfect. I'm sorry to burst any bubbles but that's the cold, hard truth. Outside these four walls, you're gonna find no one who's perfect. There's only one who is perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. But you can only imagine why we have such a hard time even fathoming the, the idea of perfection. Because we didn't walk the earth when Jesus was here. So we didn't see Jesus live a perfect life. We didn't see him live a sinless life. We don't even know what that looks like. And so we try to look for these things in, in things. We try to look for perfection in things and, and in people. And sadly, we come to a sad realization that you're not gonna find it.
Do you believe that God is perfect? Do you really believe that God is perfect? So if you believe that, that God is perfect, that means that his word is perfect. Isn't that right? Because if God himself is perfect, then his words have to be perfect because those are his words. If I were to say that I'm perfect but my words are not, then I'm not perfect. Do you understand that? So the two go hand in hand. So if you truly believe that God is perfect, then you have to believe that his word is also perfect. I know many people, you know, will say, well, if God is so perfect, then why is the world so imperfect? Well, what I'm telling you is that God is perfect. I didn't say we were perfect. We live in a world full of imperfect people. And sadly, things take place because of sin. Because God made man, God made men and women with free will. Why? Why did he do that? So that they could actually come to a place where they can actually love God. Experience real, true love. Why is that? Because they have a choice. And so God did that for that reason, so that we could get to experience real love with him, a real relationship with him. Why? Because he gave us free will. But you need to understand that with that free will comes bad decisions. With that free will means that we are, in fact, able to do whatever we want. Yet there are going to be consequences that many times we don't think about while doing things. But that's the reality. Many times people may say, well, you know, if, if, if God is real and if he's so perfect, then, you know, how come, how come bad things happen to good people? You know, kids. How come bad things happen to kids? You know, I know having kids, I know having little ones, that when they go through, when they go through um, hurts or pains, I've never heard my kid blame God. I'm just letting you know right now, I've, I have four kids. And I've never heard them, when they go through things, I've never heard them blame God. I believe that comes from adults. I believe that comes from what they hear. So what am I saying here? What I'm saying is, parents, encourage your kids to love God. Encourage your kids uh, to, to understand that God is faithful, that he is with them, that whatever they're going through, God cares about them. God is with them. God is comforting them. It doesn't matter what kind of sickness is going on in their life. It doesn't matter what, what kind of, of tragedy that they have endured uh, uh, through or circumstance, that God is still loves them, that God still cares for them, that God is still with them. And if God is with you, then what better place to be than in his presence? The writer, the writer of, of, of Psalm 84 he says, he says, oh, it is better to be one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. 
What does that mean? It's better to be one day in the presence of God than a thousand anywhere else. And I'm telling you, God is good. He's good. We, we go through things. You seek God. You seek him. The Bible says when you draw close to him, he draws close to you. And if he's drawing close to you, amen, you're going to be right in his presence. And there's no better place to be. There's no better place to be. It beats any bar. It beats any club. It beats, it beats any party that, 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 it, that may be taking place around you. It beats everything. Better is one day in your court than a thousand hours where you need to remember that. John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. What are we talking about here? Well, he continues in verse 14, and he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is Jesus Christ that John is talking about here. How he was with God. From the beginning, he is God. When he came to this earth, he is God in the flesh. And he was the perfect gift for you and I. The perfect savior that you and I were going to need. Even 2,000 years later, Still the perfect savior for yours and mine life. Still perfect. Isn't that crazy? 2,000 years later, it's still perfect. But all these things that we search for and we call perfect, they keep changing in our lives. We keep our, 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 our feelings, our feelings keep changing about certain things. Well, you know, it was perfect at that time. I don't know what happened. Maybe I just grew out of it. No, it wasn't really perfect according to the word of God. See, if it's perfect, it means that it is infallible. There's no error in it. You can count on it. And because it's perfect, it means that it's exactly what you and I need. Matthew 6, 8 says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Wow, that's awesome. God already knows what I need before I even come to him with my prayer request. With those, with those needs in my life. He already knows what I need. And we think about it, you know, I, I always like to contrast the difference or the, I'm sorry, the difference, the similarities of a, of a um, parent and child in real life. Like, you know, not real life, but, you know, physically here. 
a parent and a child relationship. You know what your child needs even more than they know, don't you? What do I mean? Well, they want, you know, three scoops of ice cream for breakfast. Some of you adults are like, well, so do I. <laughs> but you know as their parents that those three scoops of ice cream, regardless of how delicious that may be, is not going to be the best thing for them to start their day off. <laughs> their teacher at school will not thank you. <laughs> And we know, we know what's good for them. We know what's going to be um, pleasing in their lives and beneficial. David writes this in Psalm 18, verse 30. He says, God's way is perfect. 2 Samuel 22, verse 31 he says, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. It's proven. That means that it is tried and true. You can be sure that he is not going to fail you. You can, be, you can stand on his word. It is so solid. And this is the foundation that God seeks for us to build our lives upon, upon this solid foundation, which is his word. Because you can rely on it. It has been proven. See, God's perfect word carries the promise of blessing if we choose to Observe and obey it. Not only during our lifetime, but for generations to follow. Your kids will see the blessings of obedience in your life, also in their life. And your children's children will also see that blessing upon their lives because of your obedience to God in your life. And it just keeps going on and on and on. That's why obedience is key. Moses writes in Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 28, he says, be careful to obey all these words that I command you, that it may go well with you. Hmm. Check that out. Be careful to obey all these words that I command you, that it may go well with you. Listen to this. And with your children after you forever. Wow. Did you guys grab that? Oh, man, some of you need to hold on to that one. Some of you need to hold on to that one. Because maybe you're going through something right now in your life and, and you're thinking, why do I have to just be obedient right now? Why? Because it's going to affect your children and it's going to affect your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and so on and so forth forever. God rewards obedience. 
He says, when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. See, everything we need to know to experience salvation and eternal life and to live a, in a way that pleases God, he has communicated to us already in his word. He's already given us the instructions and directions to follow, to live that godly life, to live that Christian life. The writer of Psalm chapter one and verse one writes these words, and it's the, it's the same chapter that our uh, New Harvest Christian School kindergarten graduates recite every year during graduation time. I love it. And they say these words, they say, blessed are those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord. Oh man, I could picture them right now, them little five-year-olds reciting this chapter in the Bible, putting many of us to shame. And they say these words, blessed are those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord. Can you imagine them telling you as a parent, hey mom, hey dad, as a five-year-old, right? You know, mom, dad, blessed are those, blessed are those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord. Man, that'll convict you right there. That'll set you straight in a heartbeat. The writer says, he says, they are like a tree planted by streams of water. These are those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord. If you delight yourself in the word of God, you are gonna be like a tree planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in every season. Oh, man. Bearing fruit in every season. He says their leaves never wither. Instead, they prosper in all that they do. And that is awesome. That's what you and I need to grab tonight. We need to hold on to that. The Bible says that if I delight myself in the words of God, then I'm going to be like that tree planted by that stream of water. And I'm gonna be fruitful into every season of my life. It doesn't matter if it's a rough season. I'm gonna still bear fruit, amen? And it, it doesn't matter if that season may find, it, may, may find itself in the desert. I'm still gonna bear fruit even in the desert. James 1.25 says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. See, God's word nourishes. It's nourishing. Not only to our physical well-being but our soul in john chapter 4 and verse 5 the bible says this and it says eventually he jesus 
came to the Samaritan village of Sakar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. It says Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was, the woman, the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied in verse 13, he says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Oh man, that is awesome. That is awesome. But you have to grasp what Jesus was saying in the first place. Because if you weren't ready for that, then it would go right over your head. If your ears weren't open to, to hear what Jesus has to say to you, then you would not listen. Jesus tells her, he says, look, he says the, the, the water that you're searching after, that you think, that, you think that, that, that I can give to you, that's gonna make you thirsty again. If you're searching for the water that's in this well, and you think that somehow I'm going to reach in this same well and get a different kind of purified water out of this same well, then you've got it all wrong. He said, what I offer you is living water. What I offer you is salvation. What I offer you is hope in my Father, is to know my Father. What I offer you is the good news. That's what I offer you, Jesus was saying. If you would just believe, if you would take your mind off of this well that you've been coming to day in and day out, and you don't know anything else but this well, you don't know anything else but this same mundane, uh, 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 not even, probably not even good water, then that's all you're going to know. But if you allow me, if you, if you allow me to speak into your life and to offer you what I have to offer you today, uh, you're going to experience some different kind of water this evening, amen? 
How many know Jesus has living water for each and every one of us here? And he says, I offer it to you tonight, and it's yours to take. You've been living on that well water your entire life, but I've come to give you water that's going to give you life. See, David writes in Psalm 19, verse 7, he says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. See, God's word, it restores and refreshes the soul. And when we talk about God's word, I'm talking about every word that comes from God, every word that God has spoken into your life. That's God's word. Yes, we have our Bibles. It is God's word. But how many know that God actually speaks to his children too? He actually has conversations with his children. He actually does, believe it or not. The same way you have conversations with your child, God is speaking to you and I. And he, is, and he is always, always seeking to give you his word. He is always seeking to help us. He always does. Many times the struggles we find ourselves in, we've put ourselves in those predicaments. And I can speak for myself. Many times the struggles that I find myself in, my personal life, I put myself in there because of my own words, because of my own actions, because of my own stubbornness, because of my own pride that said, you know what, I'm gonna do things my way. And God doesn't find joy in that. God doesn't say, you know, I don't believe God says, well, you know what, you know, I can't wait to see him stumble. No. No, I believe it saddens God. I believe it hurts him to see me trying to do things my own way. But he still loves me. He still cares for me. And he could actually still use my life. <laughs> That's unbelievable. shocks me every time. Proverbs 15, 23. Solomon says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. And how many know that God always gives us a timely word, doesn't he? God's word is always timely. <laughs> I know that song, you know, it may not have been when you want it, but he's right on time, right? He's right on time. He's, a, he's an on-time God. I want to sing it right now. <laughs> I Don't worry, I won't sing it. Spare you your ears. But that's who he is. He's always on time in our lives. 
He always gives us what we need when we need it. You walk into church and maybe, maybe you, were, you were down and out and someone gave you a timely word. I don't mean a timely rebuke either. It's not what I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's about time for me to let them know what they're doing wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> a timely word of encouragement, amen? Where someone tells you, you know what? God really put this on my heart today, and I wanted to share with you. And they give you a message. And to even hear someone say, you know what? God put you on my heart, so I... I started to pray for you. Oh, man. Oh. And you knew what took place that day. You knew what you were going through. And you just, you just sit, you sit there and you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for looking out for me, for giving me this timely word tonight. Lord, I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry for thinking that you weren't working things out for my good. I'm sorry for, for not truly believing that you are faithful and perfect. How sweet and refreshing it is to receive that timely word in our lives. See, God's word is everything that you and I need. It's everything. Whatever you need God to be in your life, that's who he's going to be. If you need comfort, then he's gonna bring comfort. If you need peace, God is gonna bring you peace, amen? If you need joy in your life, amen, seek the Lord, he is gonna give you joy. If you need wisdom, he's gonna give you wisdom. If you are seeking understanding, he's gonna give you understanding. If you are seeking, if you are seeking, amen, forgiveness, he is going to forgive you, amen? Whatever you need from God, he is going to give you because he is able. Second Peter 1.3 says his divine power has given us everything we need. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. See, the great I am is everything we need him to be. God, I need some more finances. I am Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> He's whatever you need him to be. Lord, I, Lord, I've been tripping lately. Lord, I've been, I've been thinking crazy. How many of us, you're like me, sometimes you just think crazy. You go off on, a, on this whole, you know, just sideways kind of thinking. You get, you get caught up in, 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 in all the distractions around you. And you begin to, you begin to, to lose that 
hope in the Lord and you begin to just see things with your physical eyes. God is going to be everything you need him to be in your life if you would just ask him. That's all we need to do is to reach out to him. He says, I'm waiting there. I'm waiting there for you. Reach out to me. David writes in Psalm 34:10, those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. If you're seeking the Lord, amen, you will not be lacking in any good thing. That, why? Because that's God's word. And if, it, and if God is perfect, that means that his word is perfect, amen? It is perfect, and you need to stand on that. As our worship team comes forward this evening, seeing the words of God, tonight we're going to find everything that we need in our lives. We look for the perfect things. We look for Christmas time, perfect gift. What's the perfect gift that I can give so and so? Man, how about inviting them to church? How about sharing with them? what God has done in your life. How about sharing the love of God, showing the love of God to them that God has shown you. Showing forgiveness as God has shown you. Showing mercy and grace as, as God has upon your life. Showing compassion. Showing gentleness. Showing kindness. How about showing these things that God continually shows us on a daily basis? See, God's word is perfect. Why? Because He is. God is perfect. And you agreed with me, if he is perfect, then that means that his word must be perfect. Everything he has spoken into your life is perfect. It's just what you need. And this is why it is the perfect gift, Jesus Christ, in our lives. Just what you and I need. As every head is bowed, every eye closed. Thank you.